welcome to Momentum Church. I want to thank you for allowing Amy and I and our family to be able to go away on vacation a little bit. And yes, when I got to the Grand Canyon, I looked at it and I said, man, that's a big old ditch. Just because I wanted to represent, you know what I'm saying? And so it was, it was pretty more useful. If you've not been there before, it took me 47 years to get there, and it will not take me that many more years to get back. It was amazing. And my little maverick absolutely fell in love. He's nine, and for the next three nights after we got home, he would get weepy in bed. Are you okay? I just miss the canyon so much. And so when his older brother was 13, we did what I call his bro mitzvah hike. It was his rite of passage, a man-sized hike. And we did a 40, well, 36-mile hike. And so I told Mac, I said, maybe when you're 13, we'll, we'll go to the canyon and, and hike some of the canyons. So, but it was a great trip. I heard the staff killed it around here. Amen? Yeah. Pastor Brantley bringing the word like usual. I'm so thankful that we've got a great team. Pastor Stephanie, Pastor Tyler, and even Pastor Corey. No, I, I'm joking. Corey's not here. He won't be here for the next four Sundays and be praying for him. And so if I would have been here last week, we would have kind of laid hands on him and commissioned him for a month. We are giving him a 30-day sabbatical. Amen. And I want to just thank you all. Last year in the fall, you allowed Amy and I to have a sabbatical after I think that was 27 years of ministry at that point. Um, Pastor Corey, literally, I know he looks young, but he's been in ministry well over 20 years, um, almost nine, oh, nine, over nine years here. And so, um, so with that, we wanted him to be the next one to get some time off. And so we're going to be doing this with the rest of our staff. And I want to thank our, our executive, um, our, our board, you know, our executive advisory team. I want to thank you all for having that vision and for the church allowing us to take care of our staff that way. And so he'll be the next one. He'll take a 30-day um, sabbatical, and then we'll go through the other staff, full-time staffers as well. And um, we believe in longevity around here. We want to serve you a long time. Amen? And so because you sow into us that way, it allows us to have our hearts um, healthy and our families healthy so that we can serve you a long time. So if you don't see Corey around here for a while, we did not fire him, (laughs) especially after he did this amazing, whatever you call this, string art. This is, I feel like I'm in the middle of like 77, you know, I'm waiting for oil to come down. Remember that? Like the oil lamps, remember? Some of y'all aren't old enough to remember that. I remember that. You know a lighter? No, I won't even tell you what happened. I was like, a lighter, well, we will just leave that be. But a lighter and oil, it's fun. And you'll get whooped by your dad. All right, so open your Bibles to Acts, Acts chapter 1. We're getting into a series that we're calling Ghost Stories. Yes, it's the month of October. And, um, but I want to look at some ghost stories throughout Scripture, some things that we can lean into throughout Scripture. And, and I want to start with... Um, let me just tell you kind of a personal story, okay? Something that I experienced as a young man. And um, I'm trying to see, do we have any little, little ones in here? I think we're going to be okay. And we were in the, and so when I was a young man, 12, 13 years old, I was at a church service. And we were in the fellowship hall of this church. And we were having um, a dinner. And then there was some ministry time that took place. And at the end of the ministry time, we all were gathering in a circle. It was probably 60 people there in this big fellowship hall, big circle of people. And we began to pray, and then we began to sing. And we were singing, are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing power of the blood? You know that whole song, right? And so we're singing that song, and all of a sudden, this man falls out 
He just falls into the middle of the floor. And as he falls into the middle of the floor, he begins to writhe. He begins to scream this guttural out of his body. And as a 12, 13-year-old, I'm going to be honest, I don't know if it was physical or if I was seeing it in the spiritual. I just, I, I don't know. But it was as if his fingers became claws and his teeth became fangs. He laid in that floor like an animal just and crawls into the middle of the floor in torment. Man, you 12, 13 years old watching that, it'll freak you out. And this wasn't a ghost story. This was real life. This man was demon-possessed. How many is excited we can tell some demon-possessed stories this month? You're like, no, stop, pastor. I got I to gotta sleep tonight. All right, I get it. Let me say this. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you. That's Jesus than he that is in this world. So if you freak out, that's all right. Just go to Jesus, amen? He'll take care of the rest, all right? And so tonight when you're in your bed, freaking out a little bit, just Jesus, Jesus. Help my pastor not tell these stories. Okay. So he begins to make all this commotion and stuff, and the guys begin to pray for him. And as they prayed for him, and it wasn't some long, drawn-out thing. They didn't go into the whole, tell me your name, demon. And they didn't throw a Bible on him. And they didn't, they didn't you know, take and, oh. That was more water than I thought. I wish I would have been at Gary. That would have that been awesome. Oh, it'll dry. So... <laughs> They didn't do anything like that. They just began, in the name of Jesus, I bind and I rebuke this spirit. And that thing shut up. The thing that was amazing, guys, was that they said, and now leave this place in Jesus' name. And when they did, God is my witness. Again, I don't know if it was my spirit's eyes, if you will, like supernatural vision, or if I literally saw it. But I saw a haze come up out of this man, all right? It like just this, this haze, and it went like that side of the church. And when it disappeared, as fast as it disappeared, the door that went to the outside of the church went wham, opened and slammed against the side of the building, and then slammed closed. And everybody was just like, oh. but the thing is, this man, he's on went on to heaven now. His name was Larry. Larry man got delivered. Whew. Larry got saved that night. Larry became an integral part of our church. Larry, I mean, like his story, it was just like a new creature came to this world. You know, the old things had passed away. The old things had become new. And it was Larry's testimony. And for the next four or five years, he ended up getting killed in a motorcycle accident, to be honest. But the next four or five years, Larry would be one of the first people at church. How you doing? I'm doing good. He's just full of joy. That wasn't who that man was. Whenever he would come and visit church with his mama, he was miserable because he was possessed. Amen? If you're here miserable today. No. But he was. He was possessed, guys. And here's the thing I want to say. <clears throat> you kind of expect that, don't you? Like, I'm mean, just being honest. When you think of somebody that is possessed, don't you expect a possessed person to, you have expectations. You expect them to kind of maybe look different. In that moment, he seemed animalistic in that moment. You, you expect a person to talk different. This man, and I have several stories of these kinds of stories. I'm not going to go into all of them, all, a few probably this month. But literally, I have seen demons manifest and speak different. I was witnessing to a guy one time, trying to get him to come to Jesus, if you will. 
And he's like, there's something that won't let me. And I was like, no, listen, the love of God, there's nothing that separates you from his love. There's nothing you could have done. No, no, there's something that will not let me. I'm like, buddy, listen, no, I'm serious. All you have to do is just, if you want to have a relationship with Jesus, you just pray this prayer. And then all of a sudden, with his mouth closed, it said, leave us alone. The Baptist boy I was with, no, Methodist, Jason was Methodist. He grabbed my leg. He was just like, like, that's a demon. It was crazy. He talked different. Mouth closed, and you could hear, leave us alone. The man was tormented by spirits. Okay? Crazy, right? But you expect that. I mean, you've seen enough movies. You expect a demon-possessed person to talk differently. You expect them to think differently. You expect them to possess strength that's not their own, right? Even if it's just... The movies, like in your head, you have an expectation. Trust me, it's not just the movies. I have seen some stuff in real life. It's not just the movies. And there's an expectation of those who are possessed by a demon. We should have an expectation. They should be able to do some stuff. Maybe, maybe you see them in a way that they're connected to thoughts seen. And it seems like those things unseen are directing their thoughts and their actions. And you would look at that demon-possessed person, and you probably would say to them, that ain't normal. Right? Wouldn't you think that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Can I say something right now? I believe when it comes to the church, all right, for some reason, we have more expectations of someone who is demon-possessed than we have of those who ought to be possessed by the Holy Ghost. Let that sit on you. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. Now, now, what do you mean Holy Ghost, Ross? Like, in the old King James Version, we say Holy Spirit, right, in the modern times. I get that. But the old King James Version would call the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost. And the church I grew up in and churches that, like, Danny grew up in, we didn't say Holy Ghost. We said Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is going to do something, you know. I don't know why we said that, but that's how we said it. And the thing is, we are his believers, And we ought to be, in a sense, possessed by his spirit. There ought to be something happening on the inside of the Christian that people look at and go, that ain't normal. (laughs) Right? And when it comes to us, we have more faith and expectation in how a demon-possessed person is supposed to act than we do how a Christian is supposed to to act. And so today, I want to do a, a sermon today I'm calling... Why be normal? That's the name of the sermon, all right? Why be normal? Why be normal? Normal is this. It's the usual. It's the average. It's the typical state of something. It's the typical condition of something. That is what normal is. And I'm just fed up with myself being satisfied, being a normal Christian. Amen? I'm fed up with the American church just being a normal church. I have some greater expectations of myself and of the believers that I serve. I have some greater expectations that I want to see God do in this house. Amen? So let me say it this way. Why be normal when you can be paranormal? Come on. I like it, right? Look to your neighbor and go, boo. Yeah. Now, listen, I'm not talking about paranormal like TV. I'm saying paranormal in the sense that the, the definition of the root para can actually be beyond. Everybody say beyond. beyond. 
And I think that the expectation of the church, we, we've got to get a beyond kind of expectation. Get normal, just being satisfied, wholly dissatisfied, just being church as usual, just being church as normal, just being a normal believer and, and go, God, I want to go beyond. I want to live beyond normal. I know there's salvation, but Lord, I want to move like I see in the book of Acts. I want to move like I saw in scripture. Lord, what keeps us as his body in the earth being beyond normal? What keeps us locked into just this normal kind of existence, beyond normal? In other words, beyond the usual, beyond average, beyond the typical state or the condition of something. Amen? This past year, the devil has had his work in the world. Amen? For sure. And I just believe it's time for the church to rise up and move possessed, if you will, by the Holy Spirit and have an anticipation, an expectation that we're going to live beyond just the normal satisfaction with our salvation. I'm glad I'm saved and I'm going to heaven, but God has empowered us in this earth to get there with authority, to get there with power, to get there with some ability, to get there with some other folk going with us. Amen? And so that's that idea of living a paranormal, beyond normal kind of walk with the Lord. Because it, really, to be honest, there's nothing that will meet the needs of this world better than the gospel and there's nothing that empowers the gospel like the power of the holy spirit in and through our lives and so i want you to open your bibles if you will to acts chapter 2 and we're going to start at verse 1 and we're just going to go look at some things here today that how do we welcome if you will the paranormal into our church service how do we welcome the paranormal if you will into our daily our daily existence all right so in acts chapter 2 verse 1 it says when the feast of pentecost came they were all together in one place and so we'll look here in a little bit at how Jesus got all his body together in one place at a time. But it just says there's the Feast of Pentecost, and they're all together in one place. And I think that's appropriate. And here's the reason why. Pentecost is the celebration that happens 50. The word P-E-N-T-E, Pente, is the root for 50. It happens 50 days after Passover. And so what Pentecost was in the Jewish calendar, it was the celebration of the law being given. So when Moses came off of Sinai with the tablets and began to speak the law to the people, they had a commemoration of that annually called the Feast of Pentecost. It's written, okay, you tracking with me? And what the Old Testament teaches us is that the law that was written in stone, there would become a day when that law would not be written in stone, but the Holy Spirit would write it upon the hearts of men. In other words, the Holy Spirit himself would come to rest within us. All right? So the law was something that was called to separate the people unto holiness. The physical law. But we know we fail physical law. So God says, you know what? I will do this myself. And I will step into the lives of my people if they'll let me. I'll possess them in a sense if they'll let me. And I'll step in myself. And I'll write this law upon their hearts. Deep in who they are. And it won't be something that they're trying to follow. It'll be something that I'm living my life in and through them. Causing them to walk holy as I am. Everybody say holy. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, amen? And so that's the day of Pentecost. It wasn't an accident that the Holy Spirit fell upon the church on the day of Pentecost. It was God showing us this new law. What's a law? It's the way we order our lives. 
It's the way we order our steps. And it's time for the church of Jesus to order our lives and to order our steps by the leading of the Holy Spirit. If we expect a demon-possessed person to act a certain way, we ought to expect ourselves as Holy Spirit-possessed people to act some certain ways. Amen? To talk a little different, to walk a little different, to have instinct and understanding that's not our own, that comes from unseen things. In other words, the Holy Spirit, God, speaking in and through us. We ought to be able to have that, right? And not be satisfied if we don't. And so we see here it was the Feast of Pentecost. It was that day, and that was very appropriate that it happened on that day. And they were all together in one place. So something special happens when we gather together. And in other translations, I'm using the message today, but in other translations, it says in one accord, in one place. Okay? So they were all in one accord and in one place. I want to say this. For those that are at home and you're watching this virtually on, online, you are here with us. Amen? We are not two bodies, a body here and a body that is watching online. We are one body that is Momentum Church. And I don't believe, I do believe that the Holy Spirit can do just the same amount of work that he does in your life as he does in our life, right here, right there. Amen? So we are in one accord. And so we can see here in this time that they were in one accord, in one place. And what they were in accord over was the mandate and word of the Lord. All right? So they were following what Jesus told them to do right before he ascended on high. I think it's a good thing for God's people to follow what he says for us to do. Amen? Spirit, do what he's leading you to do. Say what he's leading you to say. Go where he tells you to go. Stop what he tells you to stop. Start what he tells you to start. Amen? And so here we see this mandate, and this is the last words of Jesus to his people. You know, people's last words have a, a sense of gravitas to them. You know what I mean? Like a sense of extra weight. And merit. And Jesus' last words we see in Acts 1. So let's go back a little. We're going to come back to Acts 2, so keep your finger there. But we go back to Acts 2, verse 5 through 8, and it says, As they met and ate meals together, Jesus told them that they were on no account to leave Jerusalem, but must wait for what the Father promised. The promise you heard from me, John baptized in water, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and soon, and soon. So, John baptized in water. Well, that's kind of a normal thing. Listen, there had been other men of God that had ministered to people in a way that they were used to. There had been other men of God that had come through and had ministered things like John, the baptism of repentance, other ways of doing ministry that they, people had looked to, people had followed special rabbis throughout the centuries. There had been that, right? Even the act of baptism was a normal thing. The act of baptism and various ritual washings and submersions were a very common practice for the Jews of that day. All right, So there is something that they're used to, something everybody say normal. You've experienced something normal. You've experienced the baptism of John, but I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Something different. Something, say, paranormal. Paranormal. Something beyond what they were used to. Paranormal. So Jesus is saying, wait for this promise, this beyond normal, this beyond what you expected experience. Wait for it. <clears throat> now, he tells them that, and they continue questioning Jesus in light of their expectations. Their expectation was that someone would come to fix everything. This has always been their thought, that it would be somebody else that God would use 
to fix stuff. All right, watch this. Acts 2, 6 through 8. And when they were together for the last time, they asked, Master, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Is this the time? And he told them, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. What you get, I love this, is the Holy Spirit. Who gets it? They get it. You get it. What you get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be able to be my witness in Jerusalem, all over Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the world. Wait, that's not normal. (coughs) That's not normal. Throughout time, God would put his hand on a man, and that man would begin to do exploits. So he put his hand upon Samson, and Samson would become a deliverer of the people. He would put his hand upon Gideon, and Gideon would become a deliverer of his people. He put his hand upon, let's get some women up in here, on Deborah. Shout sisters. No. He would put a, a hand upon Deborah, and she would become a deliverer of the people. That's all that they want, because that's what they know. That's the norm. God touched somebody else, and in doing so, bring my victory. Do a work in somebody else, and in doing so, change my life. Now, this is going to get good, people. Now what Jesus is saying is God is not going to just put his hands on somebody, but he's going to put his hand and his spirit in a whole bunch of you. He's going to begin to possess All that want him to have the leading and leadership of their life. And when we do that and we say, Jesus, use me. Jesus, touch me. Jesus, whatever you want. That's my expectation. Nothing less than what you want. When that happens, we will become witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We'll be the ones that through the power of Jesus will set a world free. Amen? I'm going to tell you right now, as a 12, 13-year-old boy, seeing that demonic thing happen, that supernatural thing happen, that's the kind of stuff that kept my pants on as a teenager. I'm just being honest with you. I'd seen God do too much real stuff to get too crazy out in the world. I'd seen God's hand move. Signs, wonders, miracles that were real. The world didn't have a whole lot to offer me. I tried, too. For six months, I ran hard. That's all I could run, six months. The world didn't have anything that I'd seen God do in my dad's little country church. When you see a malignant tumor fall off somebody, and it wasn't some freaking scam, but it was real, that'll cause you to want to walk close to Jesus. When you see somebody's legs that didn't work, and they got up out, and they threw their crutches away permanently, not some scam, but real, that'll cause you want to follow Jesus. I'm not saying we follow him because of those things, but as a young teen, it made me realize that God was real, and that this world didn't have nothing to offer. I don't want to do a disservice to the kids at Momentum Church by being a house that's not possessed by the Holy Spirit. I don't want to do a disservice to the young people in this house by not being a place that's not possessed by the Holy Spirit. I want to be a place where we're quick to expect and anticipate a move of God. Daggone it, I didn't cry in the first service. My staff teased me. Every time you go away, Pastor, you come back and you cry. It's because I'm just so sad to be home. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. Hmm. I 
mean, when you get saved, right? I mean, aren't things supposed to just stay the same in your life? No, we have an expectation of a demon-possessed person to act differently. We should have the same expectation that when we come into a life-changing encounter with Jesus, that we become to be possessed by him, if you will. Now, I know it's not possession. All right, I get that. Because God's a gentleman. He will never do anything without invitation. He'll never do anything without expectation. He'll never do anything without a sense of anticipation. That, that's an invite to him. And I, and I get that. But to greater measures that we allow him to have his leadership in our life, we will see him move in our lives. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you, he says. Amen? Submit to me. Resist the devil. And the devil will flee. As we go toward him, man, he shows up and shows out. And I just want to invite him in this house to show up and show out in such a powerful, powerful way. I don't know about you all, but too many of us are saved but we don't act like we're possessed by anything. And we need a move of God that changes everything. And that's going to come when we submit ourselves to him. And we say, Lord, there's an expectation in my life. I want to look different. I want to talk different. Watch this. I want to move in a strength that's not my own. You expect of a demon-possessed person. I want to expect that of a Holy Ghost-filled person. Lord, I want to be able to be connected to you in such a way through the Holy Spirit that those things that are unseen start to lead my thoughts and lead my actions. I start to be led by the Holy Spirit. How many's hungry for that? And when you do that, guess what? People will look at that and they'll go, that ain't normal. That ain't normal. You have a faith in you, you have stirring in you, you have something in you that's not normal. It's not normal to make those kinds of decisions. It's not normal to have those kinds of attitudes and thoughts. Yeah, you're right. It's paranormal. Why be normal when we can be paranormal? And so if we want that move of God, and I'm just telling you right now, I'm wanting us to set up ourselves this month, and I don't know how long God will take us into this season, but I just want us to set ourselves up for a move of God. God, whatever you want to do by your spirit, you just lead us. You do it, Lord. And if we want a move of God, can I give you a few things that will help us prepare for a move of God? You can't make a move of God happen, but you can prepare for a move of God. And so the first one is be where God tells you to be. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait. Where should they have been? In Jerusalem. 500 saw him ascend. 120 were there the day the Pentecost happened, the day the power of the Holy Spirit fell. Where was the other 380? They weren't where they were supposed to be. They weren't where they were invited to be. Holy Spirit's not going to go chase after, in a sense. He's not going to force something on them, or he's not going to force something on you. He's a gentleman. He always waits for invitation. But there was 120 in one accord, in one room together, around that mandate, that word, to wait. Not even exactly sure what we're waiting on, but we're waiting. And man, that 120 got touched. And that 120, you're a part of I mean, literally, they changed the world in 2,000 years ago. So go wait in the city. Number two, oh, and, if, and, if, and when I say go wait for us, what does that mean? November and December is coming. You're going to have family time and holidays, and I get it. I want to challenge us for this month, the next four, three weeks, the five really, between now and November, the first Sunday of November, I want to challenge us to go wait in the city, to come to this house if you're there on, on, online, to watch it and be in an attitude of agreement that we're coming to this place expecting God to do something powerful. Amen? So that's the first thing. Number one, be where God tells you to be. Number two, be there with a sense of anticipation. He said, go wait in the city until the promise of the Father comes. What is that? 
Could you imagine those people there praying? Like, what, like, what are we waiting for? Well, he said it'll be like the baptism of fire. It, I know, but what is that? Like, like I get water bat. Are we going to get wet? Like, what, what's, like, there's just an anticipation. I don't know, but he said, wait. Can you imagine that first time just, like, having no pretext at all? It's just, what are you going to do? Wouldn't that be neat just to be able to come into a church service? Just going, okay, Lord, what? What are you going to do? Too many services. We know what we're going to do. <laughs> we know what song we're going to sing. I know what I'm going to preach. Know what analysis we're going to make. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but God, what are you going to do? <laughs> so go wait into the promise of the Father comes. I heard a story, and a preacher was talking about an old-time preacher. And he said this old-time preacher would have a practice where he would come in during the worship time, all right? And that was kind of his practice. And, and often he was known for doing this. And when he would come in the middle of worship, he would just rear his head back coming through the door. And he would go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he didn't do it for show. It was during the praise. It was lots of noise, lots of worship, lots of shouting going on. And, but he would walk in, and, and the way this preacher was telling the story was when he would walk in and go, yeah, 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 he said you could tell something happened in the room. And it wasn't just hype. It was the presence of the Holy Spirit just, just fell upon the house. And the reason why is because, if you will, the gatekeeper of the house. I'm not arrogant and prideful, but I know that I'm the lead pastor of this church. And if I don't want the Holy Spirit to show up, he ain't going to show up. I know that sounds really heady, doesn't it, Brandon? It does. It, it's only heady because it's true. Oh, God, please. I don't, I don't want to be one that stands in the way of you having your move in this house. I want to be one that you hear, Lord, going, yeah, 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 yeah. And from the sapphire sill of heaven, God's looking for a people full of faith, looking for him just to, 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 to come with invitation. He inhabits the praises of his people. There'll be churches today be devoid of the Holy Spirit. Have a good church service, but no invitation. I'm not saying invitation to you, but I mean, I mean invitation to him. And that old-time preacher would just, he wanted the Lord to know, yeah, 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 you just go, Jesus. And God would, and would begin to touch that congregation. Why? Because that anticipation and that expectation was an invite to the Holy Spirit to have his way. This month of October and into the last quarter of this year, I want us as a church to come with some expectation. If I expect a demon-possessed person to do some things, I'm coming into God's house with some expectations to see some manifestations, not of torment, but of life, amen? Not of destruction, but of building up. Not of death, but life. Not of sickness, but health, amen? 
Come on, some expect all that God would allow us over the next few weeks and months that as people come into this place, there'd be such an expectation that He's going to move, that you would want to get your friends here, your sick friends here, your possessed friends here, your lost friends here, the marriages that you know of friends that are are, are on the outs and get them here. Not because pastor's going to do a thing in their life, but God's going to show up and do a thing in their life. And so over the next few weeks, I'll tell you how much I'm believing that these are not going to be normal services, all right? I'm believing it so much that I'm making space. November, the first Sunday of November, it's going to be a Sunday where we're going to tell ghost stories. Holy ghost stories. I'm believing that the next few weeks... We're going to see signs, wonders, miracles, things that we can testify about, things that on that first Sunday of November, we're going to literally just put some chairs up here, and we're going to sit like at a campfire and tell some ghost stories and brag on our God. Amen? That's how much I believe and anticipate and expect God to do some incredible things in this place. And so mark your calendars. And I want to encourage you these next four weeks, next Sunday through that first Sunday of November, man, be here and be expecting. Listen, beyond normal expectation, beyond normal expectations will lead you to beyond normal experiences. We don't have beyond normal experiences at times because we have beyond normal expectation. And I want us to come into this house ready. Amen? Amen? Yep. And so that third thing, so we have be where God tells us to be, be there with a sense of anticipation. Finally with it, be ready to respond when he shows up. When he shows up. Jesus said to do what? Go wait in the city. Guess what they did? They waited. That's what they did. And then God's Holy Spirit begins to move, and guess what they did? They spoke. They responded to what was going on. So be ready to respond. And I don't know what that might look like for you, but it might be that God touches your heart and he says, you need to shout, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I don't want to to shout, yeah, 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 yeah. Can I say, okay, 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 really quiet under my breath? God's like, no. I want you to shout for your victory. But, but, But is it that transactional with God? I mean, am I, am, I, am I trying to appease the deity by throwing the virgin off the waterfalls? No, it's not that transactional. But there are things in Scripture that God shows us that he tells us to do. And when we do it, it's a decision on our part to say, God, I will be possessed by your will for my life. I will be possessed by your intent from my heart. I will be possessed by the actions you're telling me to do. And when we do it, we start to flow in what he has. I'll give you an example. They walked around a city called Jericho for six days. And on the seventh day, they walked seven. They shouted and blew a trumpet, and the walls came down. Had they not shouted, had they not blown the shofar at that moment, guess what? The walls wouldn't have come down, and they would not have possessed what God had next for them. So at that point, it sounds really important when God says, will you dance for me? God, I will dance for you. It looks silly. I'll just do the little shuffle. I'm not a good dancer, but I, Lord, I'm just going to dance for you. I, I, I'm just going to dance. I don't know what it looks like. I feel like a fool, but he told me to dance and worship today. And so I'm going to dance and worship today. And next thing you know, who knows? You, oh, you, who knows what might happen? God's power touches you, and victory comes. 
But that's silly. So is blowing a shofar to see a freaking wall fall down. That's silly too. It's not about the action. It's about the obedience. It's about saying, I'm not going to be possessed by my desires. But when the Holy Spirit says, do this, I will be possessed by his desires. You see that? Give God some praise. Amen. So the Holy Spirit moved upon them, and they responded. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit thread through their ranks, spread through their ranks, and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. They spoke. The Spirit prompted. They acted, but the Spirit led. Amen? That, that, that's how we move in the move of God. God begins to stir, and we act. I don't know what that stirring might be here. It was tongues. I don't know what that might be for you, but God begins to stir and you act. It could be a move of God that's taking place at your work site and God tells you to say something to somebody and he stirs and you act and the move of God takes place on that person's life. Amen? Because you chose to be possessed by the Holy Spirit. You chose in that moment. I don't care if I look silly or weird. I'm speaking what God told me to speak to this person. Amen? That's how that works. And so what happens with this is it kind of leads to not-so-normal church services. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then. They were devout pilgrims from all over the world. When they heard the sound, they came on the run. Oh, Jesus, could there be a sound here in the next few weeks, the next month, that when that sound goes forth, the people would come on the run? Could, could there be a sound that backslidden family members would come on the run? Could there be a sound that backslidden workmates would come on the run? Yes. Could there be a sound? Hmm. You saw that happening. And when they heard it, I love this, one another, their own mother tongues being spoken. And this cracks me up because the message quotes ACDC. It, they were thunderstruck. Laugh! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Peterson that, that translated the message was an ACDC fan, but when I read that a couple weeks ago when I was preparing this, I was like, that cracks me up. Thunderstruck! Ah! All right. So that's how we should say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah! All right. I'm not coming back, somebody. No. <laughs> oh, man. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on. And they kept saying, aren't these all Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our various mother tongues? People that come here, when you see a move of God, you just can't deny it. When it's legit. They're scammers, amen? But when God has an invitation, he begins to do something. They hear him and his works declared in their own tongue. And the way they understand it, amen? Hmm. And so you go down past all these different nations, and it'll say, they're speaking our languages, describing God's mighty works. That's what happens when God shows up in our services. His mighty works is seeing who he is is known. Amen? And so who he is is known means that we're a witness. And so my final thing with this is, it's not about weirdness. It's about witness. All right? Oh, yeah, when God begins to move, I'll just be honest. First service, we're praying for a guy, and he starts to shake under the power of the Holy Spirit. 
But it wasn't about weirdness. It was about witness. God was showing himself forth in that moment to that man saying, I am here in the midst of what you're going through. Feel my power. You are not alone. Amen? It's not about weirdness. It's about witness. Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head or tail of any of it. They talked back and forth, confused. What is going on here? Others even joked, they're drunk on cheap wine. That's when Peter stood back and, by the, <laughs> and backed by the other 11, he spoke out with bold urgency. He said, fellow Jews, all of you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully and get it straight. These people aren't drunk as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. And some of you here this morning are going, no, that was plenty of time, Ross. Plenty of time. And we're glad you're here, aren't we? Amen? God's going to deliver you today. Amen? <laughs> this is what the prophet Joel announced would happen. Now watch this. This doesn't sound normal. So this is what the prophet Joel announced. that It's not going to be just tablets that are written. Because I don't know about y'all, Christianity and just rules and regulations, bah, boring. Tablets are boring. Amen? They are. It's not just about, the, no, no, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's like, I'm gonna write this stuff in your life. This is gonna come upon your heart and it's gonna flow out of you and you're not gonna have to wait for a John the Baptist and you're not gonna have to wait for a Gideon. You're not even gonna have to wait for me, Jesus. I am sending the Holy Spirit, all right, to work in you and you listen to him and you all will do greater works than I ever did. Amen. Now I know what I'm saying is God saying, don't wait, have expectation to begin to act as he leads you. Watch what happens. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy. In other words, they'll speak a timely word under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Your daughters as well. Amen. Come on, ladies. We believe in women ministers in this house. Amen. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. When the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they shall prophesy. Ooh, if that sounds like something you want, I, I just, I want to say, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's stand to our feet, everybody. We're going to go back into worship, and God is going to do whatever he wants to do in this house. Amen? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody else. Come on, somebody else. Not just pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody else. That's foolish. It's silly. Yeah, but he's just waiting for an invitation. That's all he's waiting for is that invitation. Amen? Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So God showed up and he made himself known. And that's what he desires. I want us just to hold our hands out like this before we go into worship again. And listen, if you need prayer, these altars will be full. Men over here, we're going to pray with men. Women over on that aisle will be praying for women. But if you need prayer for anything, oh, today's a good day. Amen? The Holy Spirit is here. He desires to touch you, not for our glory, so that the mighty works of the Lord will be known. Amen? With hands raised, a prayerful, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have your way here today, Jesus. We come a people expecting and anticipating you and your work in this house. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. 
Let's begin to worship. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.